Reading from the second chapter, first canto. Text three. Yasanubhavam so this is the second of Sutta Goswami's praises, verses in praise of Sukadeva Goswami as he begins to speak what must be the Bhagavatam to the sages given the nature of their inquiry, which was the subject of the previous chapter. They inquired in such a way as we learned that he had to answer with the Bhagavatam to his delight, which, of course, he himself learned in the assembly when Sukadev spoke it to Maharaj Parikshit. He was surprised at this because the sages had gathered for a different reason. Sattam, sattam, sargaya lokasya. And, uh, of course, that is his humility because he is the cause of the change in their level of their interest. They had gathered for a different type of sacrifice, dealing with fruitive activities, attainment of heaven, and so forth. But with the entrance of, of Sutta Goswami, orchestrated as it was by Balaram, who killed Ramaharshan and seated his son on the... Um, um, seat to preside over the sages, then his own inner interest was, by good association, fostered onto them, and the nature of their inquiry changed. And so he was tickled by that, delighted with the idea, and naturally in his remembrance went to Sukadev in the assembly there. And uh, so with two verses... In this chapter, before speaking, Sutta Goswami, appropriately teaching us the etiquette, glorifies his own guru, his Iksha guru, Sukadeva Goswami, from whom he heard the great Bhagavatam. This Bhagavatam is handed down in a chain like this, and uh, from speaker to hearer. This is often we find the Siksha guru is the prominent. Uh, link in the chain, so and so much siksha there in Srimad Bhagavatam. So another verse again in glorification of Sukadev Goswami. He says that he is the Tamvyasa Sunam Upayami Guru Muninam Upayami. I offer my respects unto him. Tamvyasa Sunam. Tamvyasa Sunam, the son of. Yas, who uh, gurum muninam, oh, amongst the munis, he is the guru. Mm. Munis mean thinkers. Then uh, it said one cannot be a muni unless he has own original ideas. <laughs> so these were big, uh, big thinkers that had gathered for a momentous occasion. What was the occasion? The Raj, the emperor, Parikshit Marsh had been cursed to die. And how did he deal with it? He went to the bank of the Ganges and prepared himself to fast 
and food and drink until death, based on his inquiring spirit, which had he had been possessed of his whole life, and by which he had after which he had been named also. Parikshit means inquirer. So in the womb, it is said that he had the darshan of Krishna, who protected him from the Brahmastra hurled by Ashvatthama at uh, his mother, who was pregnant, Uttara. And so his whole life he was looking for that person. Hmm. Um, Here he is, of course, the grandson of Arjuna. So um, with the battle of Kurukshetra and a few other cleanup activities on the part of Krishna, killing of Dantaraka in particular, he crossed back over um, into the Braj, took the inhabitants of, of Vrindavan back to Goloka, came in an expanded form of himself for the Dwarka pastimes and concluded all of those. Um, so Parikshit Maharaj is like the next generation. You got a glimpse of him in the midst of the battle, and then after that he was looking for that person his whole life. And who is the answer to the death question? How to, how to live? In other words, how to die? And to die in the right way is how to live, die to live. So, um, inquiring spirit. This is he was possessed of this. He was named after this inquiring spirit, and it carried to him all the way to his time of passing. And such pressing inquiry he had that, in and of itself, the inqu- inquiry hmm, caused him to uh, gave him the strength to fast from food and drink, and of course. Then, in conjunction with that, he was fed, nourished intravenously with the Srimad Bhagavatam. So it didn't look like he was eating, but he was he was filling up through the oral reception from Sukadev, the nectar of Srimad Bhagavatam, the Amrit, the um, you know, deathless. It means deathless nectar, Amrit, Amrit. It means nectar, I mean, mirt means die, amrit means to not die. So, deathless nectar of Srimad Bhagavatam. Mm. Um, and so, it was a momentous occasion. Here he is, the, the, not only the king, but the emperor. So, other kings were subordinate to him. And this is not the common kind of behavior you'll find out of a king who's a fop, you know, who's an enjoyer, who's a you know he's 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 uh, he's not dying from old age. He's got all kinds of diseases from eating too many good things and not exercising and just, just being a, you know an sense enjoyer. This is what king means in Srimad Bhagavatam. So many kings, their rise and their fall and so forth. Stories of them. The, the idea is we we come to this world as a king. We're actually wealthy, but we don't know the source of our wealth. We, we try to live like a king, and we actually make ourselves into paupers as a result of it. So the enjoying spirit. We know we find this in, here in the, in, the, in the distilled essence of the Bhagavatam, which is Chaitanya Charitamrita, we find the famous Raj there of Puri, Pratap, and Chaitanya Dev's interaction with him and his unwillingness to 
to interact with him because he personified worldliness and Mahaprabhu was a sannyasi. He didn't want his reputation spoiled because he was using that for his outreach and so forth. And it was, he was he thought, well, if I'm seen to be you know, bought and paid for by the king, then my principles will thought to be by others to be compromised and so forth. And of course, the king was a devotee and an arrangement was made and so forth for his to have a special darshan and so forth, but he took off his clothes as the king. They're, they're the the he dressed like an ordinary Vaishnava, coached by Sarvabhoma, as he was. And when Mahaprabhu fell into a trance, as predicted by Sarvabhoma, he went in and uttered the Gopi Gita from Bhagavatam to him, and Mahaprabhu embraced him. So anyway, he took off his worldly attire. He became a, he sweeped this he swept the street in front of the Jagannath cart and so forth. So these kind of examples are there. These contrasts between renunciation and worldliness in Bhagavatam and the Chaitanya Charitamrita. They're instructive to us. The king here. This is a huge story. This is the central story of the Bhagavatam. Maharaj Pariksit is cursed to death, and he and he and he he conducts himself like most kings don't. So he's a devotee king. And he's more a devotee than he's a king. He's not really worldly minded, and uh, and so he settles at the bank of the Ganges to inquire about what to do at the time of death. What's life about? What, what a, such a wow! What a wonderful story. What's life about? Imagine if the president, you know, was found out that President Obama has cancer and he has six months to live, so he went and became a sage, you know, a rishi. You know, he sat down at Audarya to, to hear the Bhagavatam, you know, what the, something like that. That's as dramatic as it was. Um, so um, many people gathered there, is the point, and many thinkers to answer the perplexing question, what to do at the time of death? And in a in related question, and what's the best way to really conduct oneself throughout one's life? Anyway, anyway, what's 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 the prime occupation for human society? This is kind of the idea, and what particularly to do at the, at the time of death? So it's it's this is as big of a question now as it was thousands of years ago. Right? It's the big the big question. This is the point, and all kinds of people are talking about it. A lot of people are kind of not talking about it. They don't want to talk about death, but what is it? You know, we have to die. There's people are philosophizing about it. The Moonies are thinking about it of today and so forth, and coming up with different explanations. And it's the biggie, the big question, and it hasn't changed in thousands of years. And it's the question that human beings should take up. It rises in human society. They should take it up. The answers are available. And that is revelation. So this is a classic event. Like I like to explain it like this because I want to tell you that this is not an old book that's not relevant today. The question that it talks about is extremely relevant. Still, the death rate is 100%. It hasn't changed. So what to do about it? And again, how to die determines how well you lived. That's the bottom line. So the king wanted to know in a big way, and so the story is all the think leading thinkers of the time gathered there and offered their suggestions. What was the best thing to do? 
how to solve the death problem and so forth. And then the boy Sukadev came on the scene and he was given the seat of esteem and everyone listened to him. So Gurum Muninam Vyasasunam Upayami, he says, offer my respect to the son of Vyas, who is the guru of all the Munis. Everyone stepped back and heard from Sukadev. And Sukadev personifies detachment that's symbolically there. He was naked. So it, it says to the sages, well, this guy has no attachments. He's actually solved the problem. That's the problem is attachments. He solved it. And um, so let's hear from him. And of course, he had been also schooled in the Bhagavatam by this time. So Vyasa Sunam, Guru Muninam. He reminds us that he was the son of Vyas. And Vyas wrote this Bhagavatam, and at a certain point he taught it to his son also, even though his son was beyond all books, beyond reformatory processes and, uh, um, and so forth. Um, he was self-realized still. He became attracted to the Bhagavatam, Paranishtitopi Nairagunye. What does he say? Um, if you suit his own statement, I became attracted to the Bhagavatam. Sutta explains it later on in another place when he says, Atmaramas Chimunayo Negrantapiarukrame about him. So he was he was such he had solved the death problem and more. Living in beyond death in in a life that the Bhagavat opens the doors to Krishna Lila. So so Vyasa Sunam, we make the connection there. And Guru Muninam, he could answer the question about death, such that everyone was agreed that this man solved the problem. Let's listen to him. This a boy has solved the problem. It's not complicated, it means a child has answered the question. It's not difficult. We're avoiding the question, that's all. And the answer, actually, the answer is also there, it's clear, but we're avoiding the answer. It makes us uncomfortable. But even a child can understand it. A naked child can understand it. It's a simple thing. We complicate it with our rationalization. It's like Arjun. It's simple. He starts rationalizing. Yeah, but this, what will happen to the women and what will happen to the dynasties and so the Gita has to be spoken and all it has to be broken through Krishna says but you're a fool you sound like a pundit but you don't know what you're talking about even if a child can understand stop all this smokescreen spin on you know that it's more complicated than that you know, we say come and join us here well it sounds good but it's really more complicated than that no it's not even a child can understand. Sukadeva understood. And he became the guru of the Munis. All of them. Vyasasunam Upayami Gurum Muninam. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. He remembers him. And he says, Sangsarinam Kurunayaha Puranaguyam. He said, For the Sangsaris, the people who are absorbed in the, this circular thing of life, birth and death, birth and death, going round and round and round, you can't get off. 
this um, merry-go-round, Ferris wheel, samsara of life. Uh, uh, for these people, Kurunayaha, out of compassion for them, this Purana Guhyam, this Purana, the secrets of this Purana, the secret Purana, the secrets of this Purana, hmm? he spoke to them. And when Sukadev, Vishwanath Chakravartakur makes a comment, when, when, when Sutta Goswami remembers, Sutta Goswami, when Sutta Goswami here remembers Sukadev, and how he heard, he was in the assembly, he heard Sukadev speak it, and he, he remembers, his, he's, he spoke it out of compassion. He had nothing to gain. He wasn't doing this to make a livelihood, to get some followers. Um, he had followers. The kids, kids were following him and throwing things at him. <laughs> yeah, so he wasn't interested in nadanam, najanam, nasundarim, kavitamma, none of these things. Uh, fashions and followers and wealth and and, and so forth. <clears throat> and um, so he had nothing to gain. It was out of karuna. Karuna means mercy. Out of, out of compassion he spoke it. So for the for the people in, entangled in samsara. And when the point Vishwan Chakravarti makes when Sudha Goswami remembers this, he becomes filled with compassion himself. And he thinks uh, that, as he said in the previous verse, he he's the, he dwells in everyone's heart. It means he, he he can he can answer the heart question of everybody, my guru, and may his power come in me that I can speak about this in such a way that not only the sages now, but people in the future will benefit from this as well. Hmm? That for all time, we speak about it in such a way that for all times, this uh, this, this message will be um, um, relevant. Hmm? Um, so he gets filled with compassion for the sages and for the future generations and that blessing of Sutta Goswami, that's coming on our our head. Sangsarinam Krunayaha Purana Guiham. He had compassion, Sukadev. He had nothing to gain. And he spoke the secrets of this Purana. So it's it's a secret Purana in one sense. Um, it he speaks about the secret truth of the of the Veda. The personality of Godhead's love life, his romantic life, and so forth, and how the Param Brahma, the subject of the Upanishads, becomes hmm, subordinated to Bhakti, hmm, deluded, bewildered by by love's influence, and so forth. This is secret stuff. This is kind of stuff that a lot of these yogis are sh- shaking their head about. And at a certain point, Sukadev had to put on the brakes a little bit. I don't know if they're going to get this and speak about it in a coded way. We find the same thing, Kaviraj Goswami in Chaitanya Charitam just says, I need to tell this to everybody, but everybody's not ready to hear it. So I've got to talk about it in, some, in a way that only those who are, have got their Sukriti and the interest will understand it, the rest won't. So some speaking like that in the Bhagavatam also is there. It's a secret, secret text. But he reveals the secret to those who, who, who want to know. Hmm? 
And what is the nature of that secret of the Purana that's spoken with, a, with a, the power of compassion hmm? that, that that speaks of, that fullness that causes one to be sympathetic for the plight of others. He says that that Purana is yasvanu bhavam akilashutisaram adhyatmadipam atitityashatam tamondham for those who want to titishatam, titir, tirta means to cross. It means a holy place. It's a crossing, a ford between the material and the spiritual world. Titishatam here means to cross over. Those people who are in samsara and they want to cross over and come to the other side. Hmm? He said, atitityashatam, tamondham. They are steeped in tamondha, deeply andha, in tama, in darkness. And they have a huge plight then, or or hurdle, to cross over, to go to the other side. They're plunged in darkness. Deep, it means deep darkness of material existence, tamondham, andagupam, Tamuntam, it's like a deep, dark well. If you were to fall in the well in the middle of a forest, you know, no one's around, it's dark, there's no way out. Material life is sometimes described like this, an old well, empty well. Go down a couple hundred feet and there you are. So this is a formidable task to Tirshatam, to cross over. He says, He spoke this Purana, the secrets of this Purana, out of compassion. He, all the elements were there. What Purana it was, the Bhagavad Purana, these secret truths about the secret love life of God that have such power in them. Hmm? That if you're talking about them, God takes notice. What? You're talking about that? You know about that? You're saying those things about me? You have an interest in that? His attention has to go to you if you become interested in it. In, in, uh, these, these terms. So powerful in that way, powerful from the realized heart of, of Sugadev. He says, Atitityashatam, Adyatmadipam. That Titishatam, Tamondam, crossing over that, from the darkness of ignorance, that difficult thing, Ati becomes Atitityashatam. It becomes easy to cross over by the power of Bhagavatam. Easy to cross over, adyatmadipam, and it, it it casts a light. Deepam means light, adyatma, on the nature of the self. Adyat, adi means adyatmic, adibotic, adidaivik, all the, the sufferings of material existence. Adi means like also like controller, controller. So uh, uh, the uh, controlling influence of all the elements of the body that they have over us. He sheds a light on the self and that comes out. And This is easily crossed over by the grace of my guru, Sukadev, who spoke the Bhagavatam. All this is possible. Yasvanu bhavam akil mekam. So, two sides here of it. He says it's easy for people who want to have See the see the self, shed light on the self and disentangle the self from material existence. Although that's a formidable task, 
it becomes easy by Bhagavatam. It means there are people who want mukti, and they know the easy way is Bhagavatam. The easy way is by taking shelter of Krishna. You know, Shankar made statements about bhakti in places that people like to highlight. Where he said, if you know, if you have to do bhakti or something, if you're not intelligent enough, or your mind's not strong enough, just to do vichar, to think it out and go within, you know, and then you can succumb to bhakti. For the more emotional people, present it like this: for the emotional people, they do bhakti. For the thinkers, with a sharp mind, they don't need the bhakti. So they think that bhakti is for less intelligence. It's not a bad thing, but you may be less intelligent, so you take the path of bhakti and you can become successful in that way. We think of it just a little bit differently. We think those gyanis that are actually smart, they add bhakti into their introspection and so forth. And then and as a result of that, they become successful. Because otherwise, what are they doing? What does Brahma say? They're just beating the empty husk from which the rice has already fallen. Hmm? A little bhakti has to be there in order to be successful, even in jnana. So the smart jnanis, they chant the holy name, they read the Bhagavatam. Hmm? That's what's being said here. That for those who want merely to realize the self, easily can be done by Bhagavatam. You find so many... Why there are so many jnanis living in Vrindavan? You think, this isn't a place for jnanis, it's a place for bhaktas. Because they know, we can easily get mukti here. Why should we go in the Himalayas? <laughs> we can easily get here by contemplating the pastimes of Krishna. The most, they think of it like the, the most complete form of the Brahman, the, the Ishwar appearing in the world, the Purana avatar, and so forth. This is the easy way. And they're right. It's the only way. That's what they don't realize. So, uh, the two sides then. And of course, for ourselves as well, this is part of the equation of what mukti uh, constitutes in the Bhagavatam. It's removal of the negative and becoming established in the positive. What is that verse? Muktirtvantarupam svarupena vivastitihi. So, mukti is a subject of the Bhagavatam, one of the ten subjects. And uh, it's defined as this, it has two sides, removing the negative, the karmic implication, and developing prema is the implication. So here he speaks about the Bhagavatam coming from the mouth of of Sukadev in terms of its efficacy in in both regards here. Hmm? Remove the ignorance easily. Hmm? Shed light on the self easily. And yasvanu bhavam akila shuti saram ekam. He says here, Yatswanubhavam. It means it created a revolution in the life of Sukadev, Anubhava. It created an explosion inside of him. He was a jnani. He had already removed the ignorance. It created a, a revolution inside of him altogether. This book, Akila Shruti Saram Ekam. Akila, amongst all the Shruti, this is the ksaram, the cream. If the shuti is the milk, this is the cream. This is what rises to the top. Saram means essence. Saram, saram, samudritam. Bhagavatam is described 
should this sorrow may come. Uh, elsewhere earlier, I hear the same thing is being said. Uh, the same words. Akila shuti sara mekam. Amongst all the shuti, hmm? this one hmm, book is the cream, the essence, saram, saram. Um, and so the other side of the efficacy or the result of hearing from Bhagavatam that you get love of Godhead, the cream, the essence, you get this, um, not only the removal of the darkness, but that deep experience in an inness as, as to the nature of life beyond liberation, something like that. Shuti also means that which is heard, so generally that refers to the Upanishads, but it may also be taken to mean this is the essence of what can be heard. Hmm? Parikshit Maharaj came to hear. Hmm? This is the essence of what can be heard, and it was said earlier, it was came from the mouth of Sukadev. It's the essence of what what's to be heard. There's a relationship between seeing and hearing. It said if you see a beautiful form or something profound, and your eyes take in that form to their fullest capacity, what happens next is the ears want to hear about it. The sense of hearing becomes activated. And you want to hear about it. What is it? Or talk about it. To hear some words about it. So there's a relationship between seeing and hearing. Hear the ideas. By hearing the Bhagavatam, you will see the personality of God. They said the Vaishnavas see with their ears. So... It produces the form of the Godhead. If you were to see him, this would be the, this is what we would be said about him. Bhag, which is an ongoing kind of a um, uh, discourse that has no end. So uh, this shuti sarum ekam. It means that he tasted rasa. The darkness was removed by the influence of Bhagavatam. He tasted rasa. And it means also that he tasted rasa when he was speaking the Bhagavatam to the sages who had assembled there amongst all the munis. It was a very extraordinary event. Here it is. Vyasa was present who taught the Bhagavatam to Sukadev. He was present to hear. So it has this kind of a power that when we speak it, it it's, it's like churning the ocean of spiritual emotions and new uh, experiences come out. Uh, so he is on the edge of his seat, Sutta Goswami, at the prospect of having an audience before him eager to hear the message of the Bhagavatam. And he prays to Sukadeva Goswami, I have the power to speak about it in such a way that not only the sages, as I said, will benefit, but all people of all time, for all the future to come, will be benefited from it. Any question? What's the time? I don't understand. How are we getting the Bhagavatam? 
because Sukadev spoke from Bhagavatam, which he heard from Vyas. And Sudo is a new audience, you know, he's, you know. And this incident, who compiled it? Vyas compiled it mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Added Sudo speaking. Among other things, yeah. Among other things. <laughs> That's the idea. Yeah. Another question? Yeah. Um, I had a question in Shaitanya and Hakku's Lila. Um, the, uh, all the, uh, I should say first, um, the residents from Braj come and have their parts in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Lila. And I know that in um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Lila, the primary bhav there is considered to be uh, like a dasya servitude bhav. And so it kind of made me think like, oh, they're not having their, their you know, their full experience, like the manjaris that they would have um, in their Braj Lila. But I know that's, you know, not the case because these two Lila's are one and the same in, in some ways and inside of each other. Mm-hmm. So how is it that the uh, devotees, when they take their part in the Lila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, are, um, you know, having the same joy that they do in Braj Lila? Well, they associate with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Navadweep. Hmm. Not as a sannyasi, which causes some distance, but as their friend. And um, it's something like this, that um, if you could associate intimately with your guru hmm, and all of the secrets were revealed to you and in... Uh, and you doing kirtan with him, you would taste his ecstasy and so forth. That'd be pretty nice. So that's what they're doing. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was like guru of everybody and friend. And everything that is said to potentially happen by engaging in all the angas of bhakti is happening to them all the time. Bhagavad makes the point in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu that if you do this, you know, you attend the Rathi this will happen. That way. And what he means is that, that he gives examples. So it means it happens sometimes. By the power of this bhakti, this anga of bhakti, this can happen. We have an example. It doesn't mean it happens all the time to everybody. Hmm? But in that, it's all happening to everybody, all the time, and more. And and so and there uh, and there is their Krishna, for example, their friend Krishna from Krishna Lila and Nityananda Prabhu Balaram. There they are, and they are in a unique and different form for the Lila of being devotees. So the leela of being a devotee is very attractive. Krishna himself has taken it up. So when Krishna takes up the leela of being a devotee, his devotees go with him. And they all get to be devotees, uh, in a, you know, kind of overtly. Because the inhabitants of Vrindavan are not overtly devotees. I mean, they worship Narayan, right? And as I said, they don't pay attention there. Their attention is all drifting to Krishna. 
ostensibly, you know, they're just householders, they're in the well of samsara, as it looks. They're not doing sadhana, you know, and so forth. So this is the sadhana lila, where Bhagavan becomes a sadhaka. And so that's a very attractive thing. So they all go there. They all participate in that. And in the course of the sadhana, they experience the brajalila. Mahaprabhu shares his heart, and they enter the brajalila. When he enters the trance, they come back out, and there he is in a devotee form. So it's very... um, it's um, it's like following their Lord to another Leela, and it's a very special Leela because it's one and different at the same time. It's one, he's the same Krishna, but he's in a different mood, and they're following him in that mood, of a mood of a devotee, in, in appropriate um, forms and appropriate activities. The object of worship is Krishna, and it's him hmm? at the same time. You can't be absorbed in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and not be absorbed in the Brajali. That's why the one is inside of the other. Hmm? It said that Nabhadvipa is a lotus inside the lotus of Vrindavan. And so they're going deep into Krishna Leela. Think of it like this. The devotees are going deep into Krishna Leela and Krishna turns into Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and they follow him. Hmm? As Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is going the other way back into Krishna Leela and they follow him there. And they're going back and forth, so it's a certain it's a it's a, it's a realm within the within the Golok, hmm? this Navadweep, where the Ashray Tattva Krishna takes the, the Vishay Vishay takes the position of the Ashray, hmm? where the object of love takes the position of the of the of of the um, the vessel of love hmm? as a devotee. It's very extraordinary. I mean, they're with Krishna, and Krishna does that. Who wouldn't want to go on that trip? <laughs> Look, at Krishna's just like turned golden here, and he's, he's becoming a, a devotee of himself. This is incredible. Let's follow that. And then when they follow, where do they go? They go back where we started. <laughs> wow. So it's something like that. The two are interwoven, inextricably you know, entwined with one another. Hmm. That help? Yeah. All right, we'll stop there. Grantaras, Srimad Bhagavatam, Kijai.